0: to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry.
1: I'm Matteo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can.
0: Happy 2022, Matteo. Good morning. How are you?
1: Happy 2022, good brother. I am fantastic. Um, great man, rested, ready to go.
0: You look rested. Like you were looking a little yeah. haggard. I mean, for those that don't, you know, watch on the video, you were looking a little haggard. You know, at the end of December. Um, But I'm glad. I'm glad you're, you you got some rest. You you look good. The uh
1: I, I look a little haggard. Really haggard? Is that, <laughs> that, where,
0: is that where we're going? In 2022? Yeah, it's that's where I, I went. Hagrid. I, I think i, I think i yeah. was you know em, embellishing the truth Damn, a little yeah, bit here, I, but
1: see i gotta get I, I gotta get i gotta get back on it, man. i'm slacking if i looked haggard good not I, I mean you could say a million other things tiring.
0: i was i'm just kidding and yeah. you know that. but truly um <laughs> yeah. a couple weeks off or a week and a half off for me uh, i put a little bit of time in you know working on uh go to market strategy that kind of stuff for 2022. I, I probably added 10 pounds of, of christmas cookies and and fudge and oh yeah no doubt and holy hell i'm i'm feeling that i'm, I'm ready to get back into a, a a more normal routine here um but we're excited it's uh season two episode five the first episode of 2022 and we have an amazing guest um i we've known him for a while and everyone should know of him here the right. exciting thing uh I, I've called on him in various roles uh, leading up to where I am, and I'm sure I'll be calling on him soon again uh, uh, with, with my current role, um, but we have the one and only Mr. Mike Carrington, CEO and owner of Carolina Retreats. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Hi,
2: Mike. Yeah, appreciate it. I don't, I don't think I deserve that intro, but thanks. I think uh, probably most people don't know who I am, which is fine, um, And I probably talked to everybody in the vendor space at one time or another. That's for sure. But um, yeah, hope you guys are good.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. We we, it's uh, it's been it's been I've known of you obviously before when you were doing uh, before it was Carolina Retreats and then you kind of rebranded and then there's some different acquisitions and obviously we're going to be here and we're going to learn about you and your story and we want to hear from you Um, and and obviously you know anyone that listens to our, our podcast, the whole goal out of this is we'd love to get a little nugget that you're not sharing, uh, sharing with some other podcasts maybe some some something cool and exciting. But the it, see, for those that don't know, like where Mike lives is my favorite place in the whole world to go vacation. Um, we, I've we've gotten we've gone as a family down there four separate times spent one one time we were there two weeks. Love the Topsail area. Love North Topsail. Love Wilmington beaches. Like all of that. It's, it's a. If you haven't been, you need to go. It's, it's a, it's a different feel um, than it's. And what I love right. about Topsail and, and North Topsail in general is it's it's, it's not necessarily condos. It's all homes, yeah. and it's and it's really intimate. And it's it's still small town feel um and and that's what i love and that's why my family loves going there because we're we're not really hustle and bustle it's
2: um, a it's a working man's beach that's what it is you know yeah for, for everybody yep
0: so let let's talk about that and you know how did you know i you know you were the ceo and general manager of resort really uh previous to this and you know you're at your know, vacation manager at hatter's really i mean How did you stumble in, because no one gets up and says, you know what, I'm going to get into vacation. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's,
2: so it's been a, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been a long kind of, kind of path. I mean, I started in, I think it was 2005. I was, I I was in my twenties. I was just out of graduate school. I went to uh, East Carolina University um, through, played baseball, scholarship. Uh, stayed through to graduate school, got an MBA, and I was like, finished with that and said, I have no idea what I want to do, <laughs> like zero, right, and so, uh, you know, just like everybody during that time period in mid-2000s out of school, you're just going, all right, let's hop on monster.com and see what's out there, you know, Monster. and you're just, just kind of scrolling through, you uh, got, a, got a nice little resume prepared, so I started firing some stuff out there and, uh, my girlfriend, wife, now we were living together and, um, I had thrown some things out there completely forgot I saw an ad for, uh real estate management at the beach. So I'm like, wow, that's cool. You know, like real estate, uh, I'm a surfer. Um, I know where this is. So let's just send it out there. Maybe somebody will call me back. So, you know, lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, I get a phone call and it was, uh, it was Stuart Pack, who now is my vice president right. and uh, COO, and he was uh, vice president at the time at Hatteras Realty, which was owned by Stuart Couch, legendary figure in the vacation rental industry, um, and they said, hey, we got your information. I uh, would love to talk to you. So it was an assistant property manager role. Uh, I drove where I was living. I was living in South Carolina at the time, drove all the way to Hatteras. I had no idea what to expect. <clears throat> didn't know anything about vacation rentals, just knew about real estate in general, said, okay. So I started going there and I was driving down and, you know, it was nothing but sand dunes and sound. And then all of a sudden you see these mega houses. Right. So I'm going, Jesus, this, this is pretty nice, you know, and pull up to the office, um, start talking to them, you know, and, and as I kind of dug in into the interview, we were digging into the business, you know, I was like, well, hold on. So you don't own all these houses. You just manage them for other people and they pay you they're like that's right I'm like well that sounds pretty pretty awesome you know um so at the time i think they were managing about 400 or so properties you know big operation and uh yeah they offered me a job on the spot it was just an assistant manager job i think it was like 14 bucks an hour you know at nba i was like screw it why not know, yeah, let's let's do it so we, we my girlfriend i told her i said hey do you want to move to the beach she's like Let's do it. So that's what happened, man. And we just we 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 fell into it. Uh, luckily, you know Stuart Couch, who's uh, a big mentor in my life, uh, kind of took me under his wing, kind of showed me what this was all about. Took me to my first VRMA, which really kind of launched my perspective in the industry and got me involved in that. Uh, Where was, was that? Doing,
0: which do you do you remember that VRMA? Do you uh, remember that one? <clears throat>
2: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was in Atlanta, but that was when I think that's when they had to move it because of Katrina. I think that's what Mm -hmm. it, it, it was. I think something that, you know, stirs a memory in my brain, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was great. You know, I got, I went to that and met some people. I said, wow, this is, you know, this is pretty neat. People do this all over the place. And, um, and that's what got me into it, you know, and I just, you know, one thing led to another, to another role, another position. And I, I just, you know, stuck to it, you know, it's longevity, you know, it's not, you know, how fast you can go out of the gate. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a typical 15-year overnight success in this business. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> I so got buy- I, I
1: a question for you then about it, it, saying that you're a 15 year overnight success, right? That's, <laughs> you know, that's the realistic part of it, right? Everything, you know, the optics from the outside looking in, you know, make it seem much quicker than that. It's not easy, right? And and I'm sure you've learned a lot and have grown a lot during your time in this space. What kept you here? Your you bright future, MBA, took shit pay in the beginning to, to come into an industry that's obviously had a grasp on you, you know, what, what kept you here?
2: You know, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, it's uh the, the most successful people I know in this business. And I know a lot of people have been doing it for decades. They didn't, you know, they didn't start in 2018. Right. I mean, some, some of that's there, you know, people, you know, they, they stumble into a great opportunity to do a great job and, and no disrespect to anybody who's, who's done really well in this industry, but I mean, the people that I know, you know, really personally that are just, you know, very, very successful. I've been doing it for a long time. I, I guess what kind of kept me into it was a couple different things. I mean, I think number one, really, really, for me, the biggest thing was probably lifestyle. It was lifestyle and location of where I could live. I mean, that was probably number one. I mean, I've always, been a coastal boy I mean that's you know uh, on the water surf fish boat you know all those things and I always knew from a young age I said, that's where I want to live you know and, and um, this industry really relates to people that like those kind of leisure lifestyles active do you know have, have hobbies like that and uh, and that's one kind of common theme when I talk to a lot of other people who own businesses who are like man, I just want to ski or I just wanted to Snowboard. I wanted to do this or that, and, and, and then I'll create a business. Like mean, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think those are the people that are real the real winners. You know, they can uh, they can do what they want to do, live where they want to live, and have a business that they like. And um, but that was probably number one. And then number two is, you know, then I put my business hat on and I'm going, wow, you know, you can make a lot of money doing this if you do it right. And you know, if if, if you think you're as good as you are. At some point along the evolution, if you start working for somebody, you, you gotta try to do it yourself, and uh, and that's easier said than done, uh, especially for me. I mean, yeah. you know, I had at the time, you know, what launched me to do it myself was was buying a small business, buying a company, not just, you know, I don't have that story, and there's many of them that people say, well, I owned a condo, and I was renting myself, and then people were asking me to do it, and then all you, know, all of a sudden, I got four hundred problems. Like that's. That's an awesome story. That's not my story, um, <laughs> but you know, we yeah. we started and in, 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 in identified an opportunity uh, on Topsail Island, and uh, you know that's when I moved from the Outer Banks down here to the southern part of the coast of North Carolina. And, um, and our goal was: this is the business hat, right? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I have the the Outer Banks mentality. There's a bunch of huge companies up there, been doing it for a long time. Very systematized. I said we can do that same thing down here in North Carolina, which really those kinds of businesses didn't exist. You know, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good companies down here. Don't get me wrong, but they're smaller. They're they're, they're, they're geographically isolated to a one market, and we said, well, we could just do that and you know be in multiple markets, and all of a sudden you have a big business. So, um, you know, I'm not you know I'm not trying to be you know, the guy who raises money and gets 5,000 properties all over the country. Like that's, that's not what I do. That's really not what I want yeah. to do. You know, <clears throat> I'm all about going deep, you know, deep connections with your clients, with your guests, with your community, um, and, and kind of owning the space that I'm in right now uh, in our little region. So that's, and, that's where and we're, we're that at little region
0: are you are you classifying that little region just from understanding <laughs> basically from North Topsail down to South Carolina to Myrtle like in that area there right now or or do you have expand or like are do you have bigger grander plans
2: well yeah I mean so right now that's it is topsail down to the South Carolina lot I mean that's that's where our that's where our sweet spot is you know what would, would I look at opportunities in similar markets? You know, in the Carolinas, yeah, I mean, I would, Um, but, you know, it's like, like a lot of folks, like right now I'm doing this all myself, right? I'm, I'm, I'm it. And I I can't hit singles, right? I got to hit home runs. And so everything we look at, it's gotta, it's gotta work. Um, i keep, love the baseball training.
0: analogies too i love the baseball analogies and and mike you know it's interesting i'm i i'm a diehard uh baseball fan that's that's my sport i follow and and you're not the first and you're not even the second baseball uh personality <laughs> we've had on here uh you know mm-hmm. it's it's super interesting you know um we had you old know, vector stays used to catch totally uh, awesome, thank you. Yeah, Mickey, you know, and that you played now. To yeah. talk, I mean, tell us a little bit about you You played ball in
2: college. Yeah, I played uh, played at ECU, uh, East Carolina. Um, at the time, we were, you know, we, uh, let me brag a little bit, but at the time, you know, when, when I was there, we were pretty much a top 25 team. You know, my senior year, we were up in the top five at one point. Uh, nice. And, and lost nice. right before the College World Series. So we, uh, we had some good teams. It was, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be here where I'm at today without it. Uh, discipline, you know, network, just the whole nine yards. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of really carried through, you know, my career is like that dedication to hard work. It's like, you know, if you're going to, you got to do something, nobody else will to get to the next level. And right. that's sort of what but it kind of carries me through,
0: yeah. I wonder I wonder what it is too about baseball and, and maybe it's all sports but but baseball in particular for me in, in, and I'm wondering what, like how and why it translates so well to business because obviously in our industry you know a lot of baseball players and baseball management um, they go on to be very successful in other uh, business at, you know endeavors as well is it is it the chess type uh, you know back and forth you know like the, it's the long game it's that marathon you kind of alluded to yes. it earlier. Um, as opposed to just a, a grind in for a short amount of time, like I, w- I wonder if that has any sort of uh, significance to it as well.
2: I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe we should write a book one day. But it was, um, I, you know, probably, you know, probably the discipline factor. You know, probably the strategy, and probably just just sheer competitiveness, right? I mean, to, if you if you play any sport, it doesn't have to be college, it can be anything, you know. But right. you have some mm-hmm. kind of competitive fire in you. You know, and I, I, you know, and you don't have to be an athlete, you could be competitive chess player, you can be competitive, whatever. But, you know, I think that does come into factor in business big time, you know, cause it's like, you know, Hey, I don't want to lose. Right. I mean, like, right. I, like, there's, there's certain things that you just, you're like, you're going to do what you have to do to win. you know, whether it be yeah. a client, whether it be a deal, whether it be whatever. And, um, you know, that's probably, probably module
0: so yeah. the so I, I think we want to kind of touch on you know it's it's 2022 we got a full year ahead of us um, you alluded to a, a trip you just got back from over over you know the Christmas and and holiday break here where where a kind of a light went on uh, you know a little light bulb lit up and in and, and it's it, it, you know can you maybe want to tell us a little bit about that and and in your thoughts on, on what 2022 is going to bring for us here in the states?
2: Oh man, yeah. So uh, like you know, we're recording this you know at the beginning of the year. So you know, unfortunately, uh, COVID uh, the new variant here is kind of rearing its ugly head. And um, uh, we were talking about this at the beginning, but you know, my wife and my children and I had a had a nice vacation plan after Christmas, but planned it all year. Um, going to Mexico, right? Going to the beach, just gonna chill out, stay at a nice all-inclusive resort. So in December, right before we were leaving, yeah, you know, the U.S. announces these new travel restrictions that if you do travel internationally to get back, you have to show a uh, negative COVID test uh, one day before your departure. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, you know, we'll, we'll have to deal with that. You know, we felt we were va- we're vaccinated. I mean, I'll tell you, yeah, we're, so we were like we felt we felt confident, we're good, and went down to Mexico. You know, I didn't feel the greatest, but you know, chalk it up to hey, I went from cold to hot really fast. So you know, probably right. allergies or whatever it is. And uh, the day before, we we go to the hotel. You know, they offered the test, we do it. Um, everybody's negative, and then mine comes back a little bit later, positive like oh my god you know um so we have to scramble a little bit we you know figure out what that means what we have to do um and basically they had to quarantine me at the hotel because i could only get tested at the hotel once a day but they had other testing facilities in mexico i'll talk about that in a second but you know had to get quarantined for my family i mean I, i couldn't go Um, I could not keep my family there and, and, you know, the risk that they become positive and then we have to wait longer. Right. So basically I had to send them on, you know, my wife with three little kids flying out of Mexico by themselves, you know, uh, in a place they've never been. And it was a little scary. It was, you know, not a lot of information up front, had to, had to stay in my room, couldn't go anywhere. Um, You know, was able to have, you know, meals delivered and stuff like that from the hotel, which was Which was nice and they did do they did do a good job so i do have to commend them on that um with the whole process but yeah i was stuck there for a few days you know not knowing when i was going to get home finally went to another testing facility in mexico in a little trailer you know in an alley somewhere And i said look man i need to test i gotta get out of here (laughs) and they uh they gave me an antigen test 30 minutes later results came back negative hopped on the hopped on the phone Give my plane ticket and uh next day I was out of there. But um, you know what when that that whole series of events and that whole process, we don't know how long that's gonna last. Those restrictions are gonna last. You know, mm-hmm. if we look back at 2020, 2021 in our industry, domestic travel is about to explode again in 2022. I mean, that's that's that was my whole view on this because People still want to go. They still want to do things. But as soon as they hear a story like mine, and I'm not trying to tell people not to travel internationally. I mean, we, we went and had a phenomenal time. It's just that is a right. risk of doing it. But the the everyday person is going to go, I'm not doing that. I have kids. There's no way. I'm just going to, you know, we're going to the mountains. We're going to the beach. We're going to rent a vacation home. So, you know, that whole thing just really perked me up. And, you know, I guess you could, I guess you could say that's my 2022 prediction is I would Everybody, hold on to rains because I think it's going to be another very, very, very busy year.
0: Keep so. holding on.
2: Keep, holding on, us keep rains. holding on. Yeah. Maybe double down a little bit. Maybe get another stronger rope or something. This oh time. man! H- hire some is more it, cleaners. Is it,
1: is it really going to be as strong though? I I, I got a question though because this is my thing. I've been thinking about this all, about, over the entire break. You know, I I have friends who are a little younger and they're gone they're, they're in barcelona they all went to mexico yes. my sister and her family went to mexico um you know i people that are traveling at the year i think the younger people don't really care right at the end of the day it, it, from what i'm seeing they don't care about the restrictions they don't care about the other stuff they're just gonna go they're tired of sitting Mary. around even even my sister because my sister's situation like they, they luckily all tested positive in time to leave mexico but had they been stuck, it was the same. as had my nephew, they had, you know, a, 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 an entourage. Of, it would have been a problem if one of them would have had to stay. And so I, I think those considerations are definitely going to keep people closer to home. But my other question is just the economics of it all. Are people still going to have the money to travel in 2022? All the stimmy money is gone, right? The stimulus yeah. money is gone. You know, people's working situations are... I won't say going back to normal, but there's a sense of normalcy now where people know where in, in what their work situations are. They're either at home, on some type of hybrid schedule. You know, I, I think that's gonna also be the determining factor too, like what's going on with the work, with people's work situations and kids' school situations. Because if kids aren't able to just go anywhere, are people still gonna travel the same way that they did in 2020 and 2021? And I think it's going to be super interesting, but I don't hear anybody talking about the other economic factors that would roll into what the success of this year is going to look like. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's my thought. I want to get your thoughts on that too, man. Cause I, I, know how I mean, doing.
2: I'm with you. I'm all, you know, I'll, I'm, I'll, live through the great financial recession and yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm always like skeptical of stuff. Right. I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. we had a great year. We're going to be out of business next year. You know, that's like, that's my, that's my <laughs> paradigm. Right. So, um, yeah, but <laughs> I, I can tell you this: our early data, our early booking yeah. data, just within yeah. my company. I mean, we're up fifty percent year to date. I mean, you know, so versus, yeah. versus yeah. last year, which was you know incredible. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at it from my perspective. Like, and I have my internal data, and then I have my experience, right? And I'm and I'm talking to my friends and my little circle with kids and families which is which is our target demographic yeah. is the families right. i mean people are you know they're just not going to do it right they're not going on a cruise right now yeah. definitely you know yeah they're just not going to risk See? yeah uh, so
1: I, I i agree with you 100 on that That they're not going yeah. back to cruises you know i think they, i think they're shifting their demographics even in terms of where they're trying to travel
2: right yeah and, I, and the, the economic factors i mean you know i If you look at not, I try to pay attention to this. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'll try to try to keep up, you know, ear to the ground, Mm. you know, all the economic factors right now are pretty positive. I mean, heading into 2022, I mean, you know, unemployment, you know, is, 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 down, um, wages are up. you know, look at, look at the earnings from companies in the stock market are like at record highs. I mean, so there's money in the system, you know, from our, from our government, obviously. And then you know, mm. th- there's money out there. I don't. I don't know if that's you now. That's going to be a problem in 2022. Now down the road, when some of this has to be repaid, you know, mm. that's another question. But you know, as of right now, I think 2022 is going to be uh, a pretty hot market for the vacation real industry.
0: I I have a very similar feeling um, that 22 is going to be. I I think it has, you know, potential to to break even the previous record that we just broke Um, as far as I mean, that's kind of where I'm where I'm seeing it. I'm I'm thinking, you know, it's 23 or 24. One of those years, we're going to see a sharp decline and it's kind of kind of reset it. Um, But it's not this year. (laughs) Uh, I
2: uh, I think it's going to be
1: interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know about sharp. I mean, I, this is not, this is not an 08 situation, right? Or, right. um, it's right. what, what what I've tried to beat the drum on and you can kind of read my article on Matt Landau's blog is, you know, Hey guys, like everything's pretty hot right now. I would just, I would just throttle down just a tad and kind of take your blinders off. Just make sure you're making appropriate decisions, you know, for the long term. you know, don't, just don't don't feel like every year is going to be up 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 and up because we know that's just not going to be the case. And uh, what really kind of spurred me for that, you know, I follow a lot of uh, you know on Twitter a lot of a lot of groups that you know are buying and investing in short term rentals on these online you know pages on these other Facebook groups and that. So anyway, I just like to consume all this information to get a finger on the pulse of what people were thinking. And there's a lot of uh, exuberance out there around short-term vacation yeah. rentals, like yeah. just stuff that just does not make any sense. Right. I mean, you're like, Hey man, I'm, my appraisal came back, you know, 50 grand under what I, what I offered. I'm still going to buy it and I'm not going to do inspections. I'm like, are you an idiot? Like, yeah, yeah. That, they're like, well, the, the income, the income's X. I'm like, yeah, for now. Right. what happens if the income goes down 20 right what are you guys going to do and you know people are buying stuff at 10 percent down and they're trying to get four properties and they want to scale and i'm like you know man i feel like i've seen this before and it generally that's... doesn't work out <laughs> right you think
1: speaking yeah. of 0809 right like again yeah. that's,
2: and, uh, that's
1: that's my fear mike honestly that's that's my fear I, and i think you put it best I, re- I hope, don't get me wrong, I hope we have phenomenal years moving forward. The realist in me knows that there's going to be a reset. I hope when that reset comes, we look at it realistically and see where it lands us versus creating the hysteria that everyone's kind of just like, oh, with just pins and needles. And then as soon as things kind of level set, which I think is going to happen first, right. I, you know, I, I hope that doesn't cause... You know, a a tidal wave going in the wrong direction of people's
2: kind of fear. Agreed. I will say this, though. I will say I feel like our floor has been reset. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in 19, our floor might have been here, you know, from from, where we were as an industry. Now it's up here, right? So I I do think there's a lot of sustainable uh, positives that have come out of all this. Uh, But the the people that are going to continue to succeed are the ones that. know uh, have number one have a system have a process from a from a management perspective who provide the service you know who are really heads down making sure that they take care of their owners and then the people that are investing you know are investing in quality assets you know that um that have the locations Mm -hmm. that have the amenities but there's a lot of people buying very marginal properties right now because anything and everything is renting And they're paying premiums for these marginal assets, and they're going to get their butts kicked um, at some point at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, The the key to all this is profitability. You know, like, you know, you know, is it is it make fiscal sense in the long run, not just right now? And. You know, I, I want to kind of go back on something I said, I said, there'd be a sharp mm. decline and I, and I don't mean that in a sharp decline, a, again, more to the floor as in the growth is going to, is going to subside. Sure. You know, right now we're, if you're looking at a graph, it's just, it's, it's pretty much at a 45 um, sure. and it's, it's not going to be, uh, and we're, we're going to slow, you know, that's going to kind of go ahead and, and decrease Um but yeah so you're, 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 it's a great your point
1: scenario what's that so you're, you're not going doomsday honest is that what you're no saying? no that's no definitely
0: not, not okay. doomsday <laughs> i i, I like that that our flip uh, <laughs> that our floor has been raised and I, I i i like that analogy and i i think that's to be true um big news you know we we, we like to touch on on the news here as well um sonder uh moves a step closer you know, to uh, go in public here with their SPAC, you know, what are your thoughts on some of these larger companies? You know, I mean, right now it's looking like uh, Oyo, Sonder, uh, Inspirato, I think is another one. There's a few that are are poised to go public uh, this year. You know, obviously we know of the big boy that went public uh, last year, you know, you know, obviously we know of of the the money that uh, Milo and D-Trips are doing in his his growth um, with re- his recent acquisitions, um, what are your thoughts on 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 how that's going to affect our the market? And is it a false sense, or is it you know like what is that? I
2: don't know. <laughs> I fan. mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it, it, it. On one level, I don't really care you know um if you ask me um on the other level from a just an industry observer um it's very intriguing um you know in a, in a, in a weird twist i am now an owner of a so how about that i own 100 shares. Yeah. so um <laughs> um but you know i i don't know you know it's certainly is certainly going to put more eyeballs on the industry but you know I wouldn't, I wouldn't be out there just kind of doing jumping jacks right now. I mean, I think a lot of this is going to be, how does Vecasa perform? And I don't really know much. I don't know enough about Saunders model to really Mm -hmm. have an opinion on them. I mean, at one point they were doing arbitrage. I think another, now they're shifting focus or doing something else. But I mean, well, I mean, anyone,
0: everyone was, that was focused on arbitrage had to shift at some point or they'd be, they'd end up like,
1: yeah, out of business. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, So Vikasa, you know, all eyes on Vikasa from a performance perspective. I mean, you know, what what Steve Milo is doing is, you know, I I think pretty smart. I mean, he's, you know, on one level, that's what we're doing down here, but obviously a much smaller, smaller scale. I mean, he's, he's taking good companies that are making money already, bringing them under the fold, and then centralizing just certain services to make things more efficient, but leaving sort of the operational component intact uh, brands intact to continue to operate as is. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's mm-hmm. a smart way to do it. You know, like you go in and you start ripping off 30 year old brands and trying to put slap your logo on it and, and changing managers. I mean, that's just a re- recipe for disaster, you know, um, in our industry. But, um, you know, and I think you'll probably see more, I think more and more people are doing that similar concept. I mean, there's village, there's, you know, sunset down there in uh, Hilton head. There's some of these guys, um, are doing that model, and I think uh, good, good companies are going to continue to be at a premium for a little while uh, in our industry for people looking to acquire. Um, but you know, the the public thing is just so far removed from like my Gate. Right. You know, I just I just don't know. Um, there's probably a lot of smart, more smart people that can tell you about that than me.
0: Well, let's talk about your 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 growth, though. You you talked about you know what you're doing is a similar model to to Milo and V Trips, you know, you know. Let's talk about you know you came in as, what who did you, what was the company you purchased uh, when you came in uh, in and Topsil?
2: Yeah, so I bought uh, a 40 year old company. It's called Topsil Realty. Um, In fact, Ben Edwards put me in touch with the the uh, the seller. Um, he called me up one day. I was on the Outer Banks, you know, working for resort and he said, Hey man, what are you doing? I said, nothing. He said, I got a company in Topsail. You know where that is? I'm like, I know where that is. In like, fact, you know, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law had a beach house there for years. So I used to go down that to Topsail and used to vacation there and hang out. But, um, so that's what sort of, that's what got me in the door. Um, at the time, I think they had about 150, maybe under 150 properties. And, um, You know, the idea there was to kind of use that as my platform, right? And then kind of grow around that in some of these other adjacent markets from there. And that's what we've been able to do. Um, And then, you know, what was really got kind of on our radar and got hot over the past three or so years is these motels and inns we've been acquiring and renovating. Mm -hmm. And that's not, you know, that's kind of turned out to be this entirely different track of business that we didn't even think about, you know, a handful of years ago, that's been uh, phenomenally positive for us. And we've just reallocated some capital to that. And, you know, it's, what it's done is, number one it's mitigated our risk as a business, in my opinion, right? So instead of being one year contracts, you know, with all these homeowners, now we own a segment of our inventory that kind of hedges maybe some of that ebb and flow you know of, of, of churn and turnover and this and that and then number you know we own the asset so we're building equity in an asset uh improving the asset now we're kind of commercial real estate investors as well um so you know th- that that's been really it's been challenging but it's been fun um but it's really uh, you know we might not have the property count that some of these other big guys have but i mean we have a whole nother segment of uh, profitability now that, that wasn't there before. So what's
0: what's the percentage of doors um in assets that you own uh compared to doors um in, you know, homeowners? Do you think? So we, what do you mean, the
2: percentage of what? Like like your like the unit unit count as yeah. indoors. Unit Unicab- count. So yeah, we have to, um, like the
0: doors you have in, you know, hmm. your motels and hotels.
2: Uh well I agree, I'll tell you, I mean numbers we're about 375 properties uh ma- under management and mm-hmm. we're about 75 uh rooms with our motels and inns right that's,
0: that's, that's a nice mix great diversity
1: yeah it's, and it's great diversity like you said and it's yeah you know, so, 75 doors is not circling or you know it's a little more solid and controllable right
2: yeah it so, is it's, it's interesting cuz we you know the the thesis when we went into this was it was a little motel. We partnered with a, a real estate investor in Topsail and he's been great.
0: It's a loggerhead, right? Is that what it started out Lagerhead, with? Loggerhead, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Loggerhead in, yep. So we said, you know, we can operate this thing like a hybrid vacation rental, right? We have all the infrastructure already in place. We're gonna put keyless locks on all the doors. You know, we're gonna put, uh, you know, put a manager on site. We already have a long facility. We have everything, take reservations. I said, I bet you we can operate this thing very profitably. Um, because, and also, you know, on Topsail, John, Chirwell, there's like nowhere to stay in a hotel. It's like nothing. I mean, there's, you know, super old mom and pops. And so we were like, man, we would, you know, number one, we have a moat. You know, we have no competition. And we can provide that one, two, three night stay that everything else is weekly vacation homes in our market. So now we have two different type of products. And we could cross market from the homeowner the guests that stayed in our homes, you know, and we have this huge database of, of guests already. So we said, all right, let's do it. And, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's evolved over the past handful of years, but yeah, now, man, we got this prized asset that just churns it out. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been very, very well received.
0: So. And the modifications you've done on it and the, and the improvements, it's, it's pretty impressive. It's, it's, uh, it's nice.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it was, Oh my God. I should show some of those pictures, um, over the, <laughs> over the process. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, look, I wouldn't say, Hey, go out and buy a hotel and fix it up because you can get destroyed doing that. If you're not careful, mm-hmm. um, you know, luckily I had a great partner on that deal and, uh, we, we were able to see it through, but, um, you know, we, we did the same thing down in Oak Island uh, and we just got done with that first round of renovation. Same thing, you know, we were able to buy these things right, so we kind of got lucky at the time, but, um, you know, that one I owned on my own, and, uh, you know, same thing, Oak is very similar to Topsail. I mean, there's just no hotels, all traditional vacation homes, and we have, uh, a great little property, and our goal is to sort of, obviously, uh, you know, really, really improve that, and then grow property management around that operation, so kind of a reverse kind of deal down there, so.
0: Was that your first, um, like jump into Oak Island or did you have any, cause you didn't really have any, any placement there, right?
2: No, and I wasn't specifically targeting Oak Island or anything. I mean, it was just, just that property happened to be there. And I kept looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. And it's like, finally, I was like, all right, let me, uh, let me see what sure this is it. all about. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it took a while. It was about a year of negotiation back and forth. And, yeah, you know, then another year we've been, uh, I basically lost all of this year with renovations. Um, so look again, it's a it's a commitment to do that kind of oh, stuff. Um, but you know, if you can see it through, I mean, for us anyway, at the end of the day, you know, I think it's going to be a real winner for us. Um, you know, as we as we keep going. So I agree.
0: And did I, did I just see um, that you are now in, the, I mean, you've kind of been all like circling around Wilmington area, but now you are in, uh, was it, uh, is it Wilmington beaches now? I mean, cause you were on Curie, right?
2: Previously? So Carolina beach, yeah, we have an, op- we have a vacation operation operational in Carolina and Curie beach, which is Pleasure Island. Right. Uh, which is, and yeah, but so we just acquired a, um, a small company on Wrightsville beach, which is sort of right in the middle between Topsail and and Carolina and Caribbean. So, and Riceville is a really high end kind of right in the middle of Wilmington. Uh, it's beautiful, you know, very, very, very cool spot. Um, and we're able to partner with a a great guy. He was looking to, um, kind of expand his brokerage in long-term business and sell his short-term business. And, you know, we happen to be a good partner for that. And so now we'll, we'll have an operation there as well, that, that brings us about uh about 40 properties on riceville which which isn't a huge market so
0: yeah but it's it's a different market too it's it's uh you're you know i've driven down that road some of those homes are pretty <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah it's kind of like it's you know it's kind of like paul beach right so the, the none of the uh none of the values of houses make any sense right and it's like hey here's a shack on the ocean five million dollars right oh, okay uh, great sounds good right but you know some of these families have owned these things for just, you know, generations and they don't care. Um, and, you know, but you know, there there's been some, there's some companies there that have done vacation rental management quite a while and good companies. This was just an opportunity for us. And, um, you know, we just feel like we can apply our model there and, you know, be another, another spot for us to grow. So
0: nice. tell, tell us about, you know, For those that don't know, you spent quite a few years in different um, leadership capacity with VRMA. You know, you you mentioned you went to your first Verma probably early in in 2005 Um, and maybe prior to that. I'm not sure. But tell me, tell us about, you know, leading up through uh, you you did a year as a as the president of of VRMA. Uh, Tell us about that. And so you don't get
2: paid to do that. Um, FYI in case anybody's uh, interested Um, but yeah so I I mean er, early on when I got involved in VRMA I was like you know I love this I love the love meeting the people I love talking to them like this is this is exactly kind of my thing and I got involved uh, early on when I started going and luckily you know Stuart and some other employers let me do this you know I've worked on the conference planning committee and you know, doing stuff at the conferences, just helping out, whatever I could, and you know, just kind of got in the middle of what you have to do. Um, yeah. And then eventually, someone recommended, say, "Hey, you know, you should run for the board." You know, um, like ah, yeah, maybe, maybe one day. And then eventually, I ended up doing it. Um, so when I when I got, on, I served on the board for six years. Um, it was three consecutive two-year terms, and then you know, one year as president. But um, when I got on the board, it was a like transition. So the transition in just pretty much everything, I mean, from the, the management company who was overseeing your to wholesale new board. And we had run into a little bit of, you know, financial problems um, just over the course of a handful of years. Just, and it was nobody's fault. It was just stuff that happens, right? I mean, you know, you have all these great intentions and you have these projects you're working on and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> you know, we don't... We, None of this has kind of returned anything right now. So, so when I got on the board, it was a little contentious, um, and, you know, we all kind of had to come together and make some hard decisions, but, you know, primarily number one, we switched management companies. We brought in really the first time a, a professional management organization to oversee VRMA. And that was huge for us, right? Cause we'd, we'd always had, you know, it was the Sarkas, it was, you know, husband and wife, and they had done it from basically inception and you know, great people. But, you know, the way the industry was going and we saw this was, this is not, this is really not mom and pop industry anymore. You know, things are, things are really changing. So we felt like we needed to professionalize from the management a little bit more, which we did. And then number two was, you know, we got to, we got to hammer down and number one, grow membership. And number two, we got to fund our reserves in this organization. or We're going to be screwed and that's that was sort of our that was our go-to we had to we had to forego some of these projects that were happening before you know tv shows and this and that we had to just we had to just cut them but you know over the course of you know five or so years we, we built reserves up membership grew you know this is when our conferences were two thousand people i mean it was mm-hmm. it was crazy man and and you know when i cycled cycled off you know we had we still have great people on the board i mean same a lot of the same folks and they got hit with code right yeah which which really and you know think now I look back on it now and i'm like oh my god you know if we hadn't if we hadn't made some decisions or done some stuff early on like mean, we mm-hmm. there might not be vrma when COVID hit you know there just might not have been
0: and it's crazy you know toby had yeah. a had a heck of a run i mean think about yep. his, his presidency through all of that and you know that's what a what a hell yeah, of a year time. and a half yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and toby toby did a phenomenal job i mean he was always a phenomenal board member did a phenomenal job as president you know jody uh refosco yeah that you know, obviously <laughs> phenomenal and mill i mean the whole board together with you know with them with them i mean we had the best leaders at the time when that happened we could have possibly had and you know i truly believe that and um you know i'm i'm, I'm thankful for them for, for you know steering the ship through all that um yeah i think i think you know i'm not on the board anymore so please right. there's no inside baseball right no inside information right. i mean but I, I feel like you know VRMA may have to pivot just a slightly bit on some of our event strategies and some of that in light of the new world, right, the new, with COVID, and then, you know, a lot of these smaller conferences and and, and bite-sized educational uh, opportunities are out there, but, you know, still, in my opinion, VRMA is the gold standard when it comes to education, when it comes to networking, when it comes to our industry. If you you want to be a professional, like, you got to be involved. Right. You gotta be involved at some level, right? So well Mateo yeah, and I, I are
0: that's both that's heavily it. involved with, with in yeah. VRMA.
2: Yep.
1: But this is the thing, though, I think Mike's absolutely right. And I, I don't want to highlight, you know, we're all into giving flowers, you know, while people are here. Um, you know, again, you know, I don't think a lot of people know the work that you've done in the background and, and that your boards did in the background that actually gave life to to the organization. And while these things are changing for the organization. My thing has always been more membership breathes life into the organization, and yep. being able to accurately. And this is my thing. When I've talked to people, I was like, VRMA should be the foremost entity in the short-term hospitality space. I don't care what you call it—vacation rentals, short-term rentals. VRMA should be that, that entity of professionals within this space that yep. you know is the go-to for PR and media. So we don't have these clowns on on TV. You know, bad-mouthing the industry and associating everything with Airbnb and really building up, you know, whether you're just getting into the industry, whether you're an intern that's interested in the industry, whether you're a seasoned vet in the industry, VRMA should be the one go-to that has everything for us within that space because we have the footprint to do it. Anyway, so it, John mentioned it. That's why we're excited, and, and you know we are, are are dedicated to working to make you know make it such um, with the things that we can do. Um, and you know, we'll thank ready. you for laying that ground that ground uh, the the grounds for us to do the things that we do, uh, especially around BI and all the other things. Those things, will, you know they they need to be supported. Right. Yeah. We,
0: yeah. He, you're the. Uh... You're the chair of the, the DEI subcommittee or co-chair, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm on two two committees. I'm on mm-hmm. that DEI subcommittee. I'm also on the membership committee now um, under uh, under Jody. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're we're expecting some big things at that. And you know, I think Miller's going to do a great job um, in in pushing us in the right direction. I'm curious. I'm curious what's going to happen with Chicago now. Um with the mayor coming out. Um and basically, yeah. you know, and what what that's gonna be like if that's gonna reduce the number of attendees significantly. Um ho- I'm hoping that that subsides quickly. Um because
1: when that's
2: what is, is that conference? Is it in the spring? April. It's in
1: April.
0: Yeah. April. This the spring forum, it's in April. Um so we'll see what, what that brings. But I, I'm I'm super positive, you know, we were making some great strides in membership. Um, the end of the year, uh, we saw some great things. And, you know, again, like like Mateo said, you know, all wouldn't be possible with without the prior leadership bringing us into and putting us in a solid place to keep, you know, things have to change. And I think like for the most part, they're doing it.
2: Um, yeah, and I, I, I definitely, I like the. I hate to name names cause I always, I don't want to leave anybody out, but you know, right. you know, right. Ben, Ben Edwards was a, a major factor in that. Steve Milo was a major yep, factor I mean, Um, Carol Shiroff. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Maureen Reagan. Yeah. You know, again, I hate to leave it. Please. If I, I haven't said your name, I'm not leaving you out. You know, but, um, <laughs> it was, it was definitely tough. I mean, um, yeah. And, uh, and we're excited about it. You know, unfortunately we got dealt a bad hand. Everybody got dealt a bad hand with this COVID stuff, but I mean, make, make our way out of it. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what the future holds uh, with the events. I mean, uh, like you said, it, it, keep, it may Keep be making lemonade, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the, you, you mentioned your prediction for 2022 is that you, that you think that, you know, obviously you were going to have a, another record year. Uh, potentially bigger than, than our, you know, than we've ever had to hold on, get a, get a stronger rope. Um, do, is there anything else? Like, do, do you think you see, you know, we, we talk a lot about branding on here and we talk, you know, and, and we talk a lot about you know you know for example what you're doing with with carolina retreats you know you are building a brand and th- that brand is recognizable and there's there's other brands that we talk to um that are recognizable that are doing a good thing and you know do you think do you have any other predictions or what um what is going to move the move the needle moving forward
2: um i mean it's hard for me to predict i mean i, I You know, I always hate to do that. I mean, just, I guess if I was, if if I'm looking at, you know, the next six, 12, 18 months out um, just for me, you know, I think, I think you gotta be careful with shiny object syndrome a little bit. Um, You know, there's just, there's just so much. And I'm always like, I'm always just amazed. Like can an industry get more fragmented as it gets consolidated, because that's exactly what's happening. Right. I mean, you know, every time there's an acquisition, there's two or three more companies or people to sprout up. Right. And, and then another thing you're going to see is more and more investors that get into this, to own the, the, inventory, right. They're, they're, they're interested in owning five, 10, 20 properties and then running them themselves. Like right? they don't want to use a third party manager that, Further fragments the industry, and they're using you know the channels as their software components, as their you know as their billing collector, as everything. Yeah. So you know it's just I think it's going to get it's going to get more hairy before it gets you know more clear um, in our business of how it kind of shapes out from a professional perspective, in my opinion. Um, but you know I think eventually the music's going to stop with just this, this feeding frenzy of people buying properties for short-term rentals. I think things are going to slow down a little bit. And, um, you know, as interest rates go up, as you know, all kinds of things happen. I mean, you know, you just gotta be prepared for all that. Cause it, it'll, it'll, it'll happen at some point.
0: No, great, great well, points.
1: And I think it's important too. I love one of the things you said earlier too, Is like, you're taking this and to use another baseball analogy, kind of one at bat at a time, right? You know, your market, you know, where you are, I think there's a lot of, we, we talk about brands all the time. We throw Vicasa around. We throw all these other names out there that are around. But, you know, you, you look at what Milo's doing. You look at what is doing. There's so many other entities. You look at what Dennis and is doing. There's so many brands that are valid and are in place and are just focused on doing what they do well. And, you know, we keep, like, asking, well, are you guys going to, follow this or follow that. No, they're following their own track. Right. You're following <laughs> your own track. You're building out your own business. You're not modeling after anybody else. You're not trying to beat anybody else to the punch. Right. And I think it speaks a lot to your success and the fact that you're able to run a great business that keeps growing and you seem like you're panicking or you seem
2: pretty good with where you're at. Yeah. Um, and you well, the most, the to most have a good Yeah. The, the most powerful thing you can have in a business is the ability to tell somebody no. Right, so if I don't want to work with a homeowner, guess what? I'm going to tell you no, and it's not going to take food off my table. And now I'm at that position as a business that we can do that, and it just makes everything more clear of where we're trying to go. And um, you know, again, I'm not trying to have every single homeowner manager in, in in the uh, 200 mile radius. I just can't. I don't want to do it. And. Um, right. You don't have to do that to have a good business in our industry. That's a that's misnomer. If you're getting into this industry, you don't have to raise money or be this huge conglomerate to be successful, right? Just, you know, one owner at a time, one guest at a time, uh, you know, do what's right by people and you'll have a good business. So.
0: I, I like to call that scaling appropriately.
1: Right, right. That's the yeah. gym right there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mike, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate you. Um, like, you know, being being the first of 2022. We we appreciate it. this is gonna come out. I mean, for you. Um, it's coming out this week. I mean, so we, we record on Tuesdays and come out on Thursdays. So Thursday morning, uh, this will be live. Uh we appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, man.
2: No honored. I appreciate it, guys. And uh happy new year for sure.
1: Hey man, happy new year. Thank you.